Welcome to EG Like Sunday Morning. Uh, listeners may have noticed that last week's episode was rested as a mark of respect following the passing of Her Majesty the Queen. Uh, all at EG, of course, offer our condolences to the royal family at this very difficult time. Careful thought was put in uh, to whether we should release an episode today uh, with the nation still in mourning. But we like to think that we honour the true spirit and courage of the Queen by carrying on in times of adversity. Uh, and joining me to do so today are editor Sam McClary and senior writer Piers Weiner. Uh, Sam, let me start with you. And, and you offered uh, some touching words of tribute uh, in this week's magazine. Uh, this loss, which I think we all knew obviously was 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 coming someday, uh, affected you a little bit more than you expected, didn't it? It, it did, and I, and I imagine I wasn't alone in, in, in that, in that, um, yeah, we all look, she was an old lady, the the Queen, and um and you know, we have we have seen that she's, you know, been getting more and more more frail. So mm. yeah, while unex unexpected, um we all knew that one day um she wouldn't be with us anymore. But yeah, I found myself much more emotional than I than I thought I would be. I like to think of quite stoical. Jess and quite quite tough but um there was definitely definitely a little bit of a a quiver and um yeah as you know sort of just didn't really feel like doing doing much mm. um and a mo moment of quietness and I think and uh, you know as, a, as you've alluded to I said in the the leader this week that there was she took me back to to my grand and mm. for me my grand was my most favorite person in the whole world she was the best woman uh and just an absolute legend and um you know I thought about you know what it's like to lose your your mum your gran your mm. best best friend yeah. and um she will have been that for a, a lot of people you know it's quite a big family royal family uh, indeed, indeed. <laughs> um and yeah you know whether you're whether you're a fan of the monarchy or not that's someone's mum and um and she did a lot for us and um she was always there and she worked bloody hard, didn't she? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not, work, I'm not working till I'm 96. No way. <laughs> um, so we have to respect that. And I, yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's a it's a different different country without her. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, for the vast majority of us, we 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 just haven't known anything different. And regardless, as you say, of of your views on the monarchy, and and you know, some criticisms uh, have sort of been validly made. Um, uh it is a, it is a loss that affects the nation it, it's a seismic change it's, it's something that we all have to get used to and as you say uh a time of national loss may help sort of kind of does make you reflect on those moments of personal loss that we've we've all experienced i think um, i think as well jess you know as with my um campaigning dni hat on like mm. she was a powerful woman a fierce mm -hmm. um smart yet soft woman who I think there's lots of um little girls that could look up to her and be like well she ran mm -hmm. a country you know she didn't run a country but you know she was head of state for 70 years and she bossed it she absolutely mm -hmm. bossed it so what a what an inspiration for um women everywhere and, and hopefully some men too yeah and uh, of course well regarded and now mourned on a global level I mean you know it's huge across the world isn't it and as you also point out in your leader this week, Sam, that the royal family and property are rather inextricably linked. 
but they they are i mean you know they do own a lot of a lot of they it, do. quite they a lot do. of land so, that is still quite some quite famous examples of it <laughs> yeah yes um uh, and it, you know you saw immediately with the um responses that came from from our sector there was there's quite a lot of people in the sector who have worked very closely with the royal family and um there were genuine sort of uh moments of grief and and gratitude um mm. to to her majesty and the, and the royal family so yeah i think there is you know there they are very close and and you know we have certain um estates that are mm-hmm. um you know benefactors to <laughs> to the royal family so so there's yeah the intrinsic intrinsic link uh, and Piers, uh, in terms of, of property and the royal family, you've been thinking a lot uh, about King Charles III this week. Um, as a prince, he was uh, famously outspoken on architecture and uh, ahead of his time on matters of the environment and sustainability. So uh, what, do you, what were your conclusions on what real estate should expect from our new king? I think um, there was an interview that uh, the then Prince Charles gave in 2018 where he said um, quite clearly that he, he acknowledged that he'd been a bit of a campaigner. Um, he even said uh, something along the lines of, of if it's if it's meddling to care about our cities and the shape that they take, then I'm happy to call myself a meddler or happy mm. to call myself meddlesome. Um, but then said that it, it would be it would be foolish to to think that he would carry that on while being king, that he completely recognised that they're very different roles and that he had a certain amount of liberty as heir to voice those opinions and to pursue his own projects and to uh, to, to pursue his passions. Um, but that as, as king, he would be um, taking on a different role and a role that he mm. takes very seriously and a role that obviously he's been preparing for for, for quite a long time of his life. But... Um, those passions don't go away. And mm, there's a, a really absolutely. interesting thing. One of the things that I really like about about um, King Charles III, as he is now, and uh, I have to remember to call him, I suppose, to Prince Charles, <laughs> which I keep doing, um, is that that he, he has other passions as well. And another one of his passions is is Shakespeare. He's mm-hmm. a, yeah. an absolute um, wealth of information on Shakespeare and, and knows, I think, whole plays off by heart, it seems. Um, but he drew the same illusion um, that came to my mind, um, which is between the former Prince of Wales, Prince Hal, in mm-hmm. the Shakespeare plays Only the Fourth Parts uh, 1 and 2, and what Hal becomes in Henry V. Mm-hmm. And if you think about Henry the Fourth Part 1 and 2, the Prince Hal in that is a libertine, he's a drunk, he has fun, he um, he robs people on Gad's Hill. I'm not saying that that's quite what Prince Charles has been up to, but, you know, he, <laughs> no. he pursued passions and he had a very different life. But then as soon as he becomes king, he becomes serious, he becomes sober, he becomes uh, a man of action who then you know, wins at Agincourt. But the personality doesn't change that much. And I thought this was interesting that that Charles used the, this illusion himself, that the the outward show changes. Presume not that I am the thing I was, but mm. the the core of that person doesn't. Mm-hmm. So I don't think those passions are going to go away. And some of the people that I've been speaking to, they don't think those passions are going to go away. I think the the interest in the built environment is going to stay. It 
is genuine. Um, he's if you look at what he's done with the Duchy of Cornwall, he's taken something that was cobbled together over hundreds of years to simply provide a small income to the heir, to the Prince of Wales. Um, I think it dates back to 1377 or something like that. that and, and then it's it's been used in, in much the same way until he became Duke of Cornwall um, and took on, on that, that portfolio when he was 25. And since then, it's doubled its valuation it's doubled its profits it's become a far more um corporatized and and far more sort of efficient property company it's doing developments it's doing all sorts of things. you know we all know poundbury we all know um uh, surfbury as they call it down in um, in cornwall um so that that i think shows that an interest and also an interest in getting in the right people to do the right jobs but also his campaigning on the built environment again shows that passion that passion for sustainability which he was a vocal advocate for before Greta Thunberg was even born um, <laughs> that that absolute passion for for what the built environment can achieve that it can be a force for good and that you need to to raise the stakes in terms of quality in terms of um of inclusivity all those things he was talking about those long before they became mainstream i think it's really interesting that um sam and i were looking back at some things uh from uh oh, 2004 the first incarnation of peers <laughs> exactly gosh that long Here's ago the first. <laughs> <laughs> presume not that i am the thing i was um <laughs> but he I mean, when I think of Henry the Henry the Fifth, I very much picture Piers. I don't know about you, Sam. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I think I've got more of a lip than Branagh. Um, <laughs> but, but that that's um, those those things that he was fascinated by and passionate about then were. I mean, they were slowly moving into the mainstream. People were saying, "Oh, well, yes, we know that's important, but it's not the main issue." Whereas now. It's so firmly mainstream. And you look at things like he, he was behind um, an attempt to launch a one billion pound uh, sustainable property fund um, back in 2008. Um, I think it was called Telesma. Is that? Is that yeah. And um, it wasn't it wasn't successful because it was launching in the middle of, uh, of a huge financial crisis. But back then, that was kind of an outlier. If you looked mm. at what it was trying to do, that was that was not core at all. If you look at what people are doing now, you know, that. That could be any one of a number of funds. That's very much at the core of what's being done. So it's it's kind of interesting that his passions have been repositioned as the core of what the whole industry is about. I think mm -hmm. incredibly positively. And then there's this this fact that he's going to have weekly meetings with whoever it is that uh, is prime minister in the in the next few years. But certainly with Liz Truss over uh, until the next election, and if she wins after that with her again. Um, that's that role as counsel, that role as mm. advisor is something that the Queen took incredibly seriously. And I know her her interests, they're never discussed. It's the convention is that you don't talk about them outside the room. Um, but she certainly made her her presence felt. And I think that it is highly likely that King Charles III will do the same. And um, let's um, hope that he does, because. The industry needs a champion, and okay, he might not have always um, been on the side of businesses in the industry, but he's been on the side of the built environment, and that's what we need because there is no one in government right now, or who has the ear of government, who is 
champion this industry for all yeah. that it all that it can do you know the the role it can play in um saving the planet the role it can play in creating good housing for everyone the role it can play in creating jobs by through regeneration and you know all the things that real estate has this amazing opportunity to do that no one is championing and you know whether he's allowed to or not and as you said Piers that you can't turn off that passion mm, can you yeah. passion is a passion that's the whole, whole point of it um he's just not he's not gonna I can't imagine him always biting his his lip something will something something will slip out won't it you know if we see him get frustrated at a fountain pen then uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and rightly so yeah. who doesn't uh, Absolutely. then then I hope that he will you know lead um, people who need a little bit of leading in the right direction I think I think the one great sadness is that he won't be able to say those things in public anymore which is such a shame because he has a wonderful turn of phrase mm. I mean um I imagine that if you were behind the development of of Paternoster Square, it was probably quite hurtful to hear some of the comments he said. But for everybody else, it was hilarious. I mean, the the idea that the the offices were trying to obscure the dome of St Paul's in the same way that the, to, to the annoyance of the viewer, in the same way that a basketball team blocking your view of the Mona Lisa would annoy. I think that was just it's just brilliant. Um, what was the, what was the other? There was another favourite that that I stumbled across. I mean, the, the, the monstrous carbuncle is the, the monstrous carbuncle, the famous, yeah. glorious. I think uh, that's pretty much entered the lexicon as the the go-to way to um, describe any horrendous-looking building. I think. Um, and it was it was great, wasn't it? That he knew that he anything he said would get absolutely ripped apart, and he would be ridiculed. I think was his own were his own mm. words. But um, eventually, people would say, "Oh, actually, <laughs> he's right there." But you're right. He said that, didn't he? I mean, that was that was again back in 2004. He was saying, you know, they'll they'll mock me and they'll t they'll say that I'm I'm completely wrong and and an idiot. And then in 20 years' time, they'll say, Oh no, you're absolutely right. And he's got dead on the money. Um, and we, we've mentioned uh, the new prime minister Piers. You were actually off work last week. Uh, I didn't. And you what came a week back to take off, right? Indeed, what a week! You've come back to a new monarch and a new prime minister, and we we didn't, um, as we rested the uh, EGLSM last week, we didn't really have a chance to discuss um, uh, the arrival of of Liz Truss as prime minister. So I thought I would just very quickly ask you both now to to share your initial impressions. And it's been it's been quite a baptism of fire for her, to be fair. Yeah, I think that that to be halfway through trying to assemble your um, your band of ministers, the cabinet's in place, but but there are still junior mm. ministers that haven't been appointed. Um, to be getting to grips with various national emergencies, international crises, within you know within days of becoming a prime minister, to suddenly have one of the most seismic changes dropped on you, I think that's. I, I have enormous respect for anybody who's able to do that without mm. buckling under the pressure. I think that's. Uh, Actually, that goes back to um, to something that, that you were saying earlier, Sam. That um, that really chimed with me. The that thing about um, national mourning and how it touches us. It's it seems to me that watching watching King Charles um, getting frustrated at pens and and um, and so on, and you you see those sort of flashes of humanity coming through. But otherwise, 
that extraordinary position of having to go straight into the job, straight into handling mm. what could be, a, you know, successions can always be a crisis. There's always that potential, but having to to make sure it's done in the right way, in a dignified way, in a way that is fitting for the memory of the the, the person. But the person who often is most touched by that is the person who has least opportunity to actually experience the power of their own grief. You know, if, if you think that if somebody very close to you dies, then you're often the one who has to pick up the pieces, who has to arrange funerals, who has to sort out estates. You know, I think I think most of us have been there in one form or another. Mm. And you don't get the opportunity to have that release. Um, and I think that's what days like the funeral and the, and the mourning period leading up to it kind of do for, for all of us, for a nation. It kind of gives you that that moment of release that you otherwise don't get. And I just, I hope that somewhere along the line, there's going to be an opportunity for, for Charles to have that moment of release as well. Because mm. I think moving on through it and, and getting on with the job is um, is one thing, but you have to be kind to yourself as well. Yeah. And you, you've got to have a huge respect for him. And I, I, hand on heart, I am I'm not a Liz Trust fan. I have a huge respect for her that you could just got to get on with the job. You can't yeah. show emotion. You can't show emotion. That must be so, so hard, mm. mustn't it? That you, you know, you are there in front of the public all the time, and they're just they're just waiting for you to get angry at a pen or you know mm. crack in in some way. And we've got to, regardless of how what what your beliefs are, that there's got to be huge respect for people who can shoulder that responsibility yeah yeah it is huge i think that, that they're also having to cram in so much essential government business while having while honoring what's happened honoring a historic event um and the passing of somebody who was i mean it's near universally loved it's very hard to find anybody who who will mm -hmm. say anything negative about queen elizabeth ii um Again, as, as you said, Jess, you know, they might disapprove or disagree with the, the principle, but the person, hmm. uh, certainly not. Um, and to to juggle that with with the essential business of government, they, they, they're squeezing in a, a mini budget somewhere into next week. I think it's it's uh, I think it's a Tuesday, but it, that. Again, that was meant to be happening last week. There was meant to be a build-up to it. There was meant to be more preparation work. You know, this is all being done in the on the fringes and in the corners where people can grab time. And I think, you know, we have to give them an awful lot of credit for being able to get anything done, really. Uh, and that mini-budget is, I am sure, something that we will return to uh, next week with probably a more normal episode of EG Like Sunday Morning with, with maybe a few more laughs and probably a quiz as well. And um, so please do join us for that. And um, thank you, Sam and Piers, uh, for joining me today to discuss uh, the loss, the tremendous loss of Queen Elizabeth uh, and uh, to discuss uh, the new king. Um, I'll end this episode uh, with uh, a moment of quiet reflection for anyone who would like to take one.